0: what you want over the next 12 months um, in terms of your mindset and your health and your diet. is no different thinking about your approach and your purpose and your objectives over the next 12 months with your finances and actually taking time, as organisations do, to sit down and forecast and budget quite meticulously what's going to come in, where's it going to come from, what's going to go out, how can you control that and looking at the position that you're going to be in And perhaps also, I guess, the position that you'd like or want to be in, in 12 months' time.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast and today very excited as I'm sat down with Andrew Rolch Andrew has worked in banking and finance for over 35 years and he is committed to helping people achieve financial freedom Andrew as Andrew is an incredible leader and he believes that empathy is a trait that every single leader should learn Andrew it's amazing to have you on the podcast today. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Georgie. And thank you. I'm very grateful for the opportunity too. when we first met um, a number of weeks ago um, and decided to do this. I've been very excited about getting together and having the conversation. So but thank you for giving me the opportunity to share some thoughts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I guess the reason why I wanted to bring you on today is because 2020 has been a tough year for a lot of people emotionally, spiritually, mentally and also financially. And on my podcast, I address a lot about the mental health, the emotional health, the spiritual health, the physical health. But I thought, this year, I haven't really addressed financial health. And I truly believe in order to live a incredible life, a successful life across all areas, we do need to be thinking about our financial well being as well as everything else. So that's really where I love the conversation to go today. And I know you are the man to be speaking with. So before we dive in, could you give a little bit of a background into who you are and what's brought you to Australia because you're clearly not from Australia as as am, as am I not so over to you Andrew.
0: Well I think um, it's a great place to start thank you. Mm-hmm. Thankfully we've, we've got the weather back today as we normally have but I think that's it Georgie you know it's the lifestyle. We had some friends who came here probably 15 years ago and, and like many we you know we, where should we go on holiday this year and that particular year I think 2007 we went to we went to Australia to the Gold Coast to see those friends and see what sort of um, what holiday would be like, and it literally was just a holiday. But I think we went back with some some sparkle of what life might be like, and we had two young boys at the time. And I think a couple of years later, that spark just ignited and emerged at the same time in our minds on one wet Sunday afternoon, and we decided that we should at least explore and give it a go um i have been at the royal bank of scotland for 26 years it was just before the gfc and it was a perfect storm um in terms of you know just the right time to move um and and here we are and since we arrived in 2009 we've got um two more beautiful children to go with the two good boys that we've we've now got who are almost grown up now and Um, To Australian children who who don't know what it's like living in England. They only know the Gold Coast. So um, it's a great life, um, great work-life balance and and a great opportunity. Since I've been here, I worked for Westpac for many, many years um, until a part of that business closed down last year um, and um, unfortunately was made redundant, um, taught me many lessons, made me a stronger person, gave me a lot of um, huge, um, I guess, resilience and belief and determination. And, um, and and here we
1: are now living living the dream. Yeah, absolutely. Living the dream. So your, your journey there as well, because I think that you come from the UK as well. And I get this a lot and I don't know about you, but people look at Australia and they go, oh, what a life, you know, sort of I'd love to move to Australia. And a lot of people have, I guess, a lot of reasons why they can't. So you just said one Sunday afternoon, we just decided, do you know what, let's just do it. So how did that come about? Because I feel like some, so many yeah. people have so many, ex, not excuses, but reasons why they can't do things. So what did that move look like to you? You're moving away from all your family. You're, you're you know, you're pulling your kids out of school, presumably, starting all over again. So what did that process look like?
0: It's a great, it's a great question. And, and I think, um, I think it's a topic that many people would love to explore and, and, and sit there thinking naturally um, of the reasons why not to do anything in life you know Mm. um we firmly believed that it would be the right thing for us and we put ourselves first now some might argue that that's selfish but i think we had such a strong powerful purpose about what life we wanted to leave uh, lead for ourselves and probably more important georgie for the boys at the time Mm. and we knew that we didn't feel or believe we could get that lifestyle in the UK. Um as it happens, I was in the the, the point in my career where um, there was a voluntary redundancy opportunity, and that meant that I did have some financial freedom to be able to use those funds to help move to Australia. It wouldn't have been impossible without that, but it helped. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we we tended to focus on the reasons why we, we should do it, why we wanted to do it, and we had a very, very strong purpose about making it work i think often people allow your mind to drift towards the reasons why you wouldn't Mm. and that can be anything from i've got a safe job might not get a job in australia what about my family i'll never get to see them and i think it's easy to look for reasons why not in life whether that's emigrating to another country which i actually look back on as being um you know you might argue it's courageous or you might argue it was stupid but i think you know courage is just a bit of stupidity with a strong purpose in my view Um, and we made it happen there was lots of things in the build up to us moving that we could have gone that's going to go wrong that's going to go wrong that's going to go wrong and we just I look back and think how did we do it we just eliminated that negative self you know negative component from our thinking and we just had this absolute belief that it was going to work out fine and it did
1: Okay, we could just stop the podcast there and already I feel like you've just given so many people so much like hope and inspiration because you said some, some key key things that I talk about all the time and I probably sound like a broken record to my audience, but you said belief. You just, you focus on the positives. You focus on the reasons why you you should do something or why you wanted to do something. You had that purpose. You didn't focus on the things that could go wrong. You know, you focus on things that could go right. And I Mm. think you're so correct in any decision that we make. We've always got two choices. We can focus on the reasons why not to do something, or we could focus on the things, why why the reasons why we should do something. And that's obviously what you focused on, which is why you're here. In this position that you're in, living this incredible life, so I think that that's just such a powerful message to anyone who's listening to this right now. Is that it's what you choose to focus on, you know, and it's like um, where focus goes, energy flows, right? So if you focus yeah. on the negatives, you're going to get more negatives. You focus on the positives, you're going to get more positives. So that's just such powerful advice. But you also said as well that you were in a good financial position. So that that doesn't come from you know just not really having a plan and not really being good with money. And people have a very interesting relationship with money, I found over the years. A lot of it stems from their childhood, their beliefs, their parents' beliefs around money, or we there's just enough, or we can't afford to do that, or money is evil, or, you know, and I've always had, I guess, a very open mind towards money I've I've seen money as opportunity I've seen money as a way to give back you know I've always had a I think a good relationship with money which is probably why I'm in a strong financial position now but let's talk about the financial piece now because yeah you did say you're in a good financial position so what had, what had you done up until that point in your life to be in that position where you could take risk and you could go for your dreams
0: yeah cool I'll just say, too, you know, on that, when when I was a kid growing up, um, I I was born in Salford. And for any listeners who who know the UK, they they might think about Salford and (laughs) Shudder. It wasn't the the nicest place in the world. And I'll I'll, I'll get some stick off some of our friends in the UK. But, um, you know, I thought we were well off. You know, we grew up in a very modest lifestyle. My dad had three jobs at one point. Um, My mum was bringing me up and work part time and they probably didn't have a lot of money, you know, Um, and a lot to show for it many years later. But I thought we were well off. So I think that that taught me the value of money. Mm. And that's the seed that that, you know, is planted there at a very early age to actually appreciate those pound signs, those dollar signs and actually be, um, I guess, not frugal to the point where you're afraid to spend any of your money on anything, but quite careful, I suppose, carefulness is a really important um, characteristic of being able to manage your money well. Mm. I think that's where it all started for me, and you can develop that skill set as you as you grow older, if you've not got it in you from an an early age. But I think I learned the importance, I think, of being careful with my money and not just going out and spending, spending, spending on anything I wanted and having it now. And I think that's what worries me for my children too, is that they're growing up in an age where instant gratification, um, instant, you know, you get something online today and pre-COVID it would be here tomorrow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you pay for it on a card, on a piece of plastic that has no... Um, no importance. So I think educating children is a really important thing. But I think for me, being careful and making sensible financial decisions along the way, but also being proactive. So one of the things that I was keen to talk about today is, you know, I've spent 35 years in banking and finance and I've dealt with many customers, many bankers, many financial planners who are all looking after different ways to help their customers. And some of the lessons that I've learned as far as finance over the years is the importance in the importance of having a really proactive approach with your money. Mm. So thinking about um, what you want over the next 12 months um, in terms of your mindset and your health and your diet, it's no different thinking about your approach and your purpose and your objectives over the next 12 months with your finances. And actually taking time, as organizations do, to sit down and forecast and budget quite meticulously what's going to come in, where's it going to come from, what's going to go out, how can you control that and looking at the position that you're going to be in and perhaps also, I guess, the position that you'd like or want to be in in 12 months' time. Okay, Organisations do that very well, but what you don't do then is just plan at the start and see how you get on in 12 months' time. You wouldn't do that with a diet, you wouldn't do it with your health. So having regular, I guess, tripwires or moments to stop yourself and and intelligently reflect on the progress that you've made Probably monthly, I think more than that for me personally is too often. But once a month, I'll just look at at how we're traveling towards the goals that we've set, the financial goals. So you can put dollars around that too, right? So just as you're a big believer in setting your goals, and I know you're starting to embark on the 2021 goals, is you can do that with your finances too. And I think if you get those ingredients right with a strong purpose and a very good rhythm in place that you're not afraid of, um, that's a good start. Picking up on what you said at the start, George, you know, some people, finance can create tension and stress for some people. And what you don't want in life is to have a, a good, healthy lifestyle, um, a good, a good solid mind, good exercise. But then finances, your finances is the, the the component, is the piece that's keeping you up at night. Mm
1: and unfortunately that is that is one of them that's I mean that's the biggest thing that couples argue about it's it's a really big factor for a lot of people and you know unfortunately a lot of people have lost their job this year you know yeah. a lot of people i think are thinking wow like maybe i have overspent you know maybe this big house i live in or this two cars on the driveway you know do do i need all of this now so if yeah. you're somebody who is in a bit of a financial strain at the moment what sort of advice would you give to somebody who perhaps has got some debt who wants to get back on the straight and narrow and is just feeling a little bit overwhelmed and not sure sort of where to start what kind of advice yeah, would you give
0: yeah heaps I mean you know we don't want the podcast to go on for three days but it could be <laughs> less than because you know there's so much to perhaps go through I think the starting point is 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 a bit like what I've said already is 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 I guess getting your mindset right. You've you've really got to tackle your finances with a positive mindset, not an an afraid, apprehensive, oh, the numbers aren't going to look good, so I'm going to do that tomorrow because I'm not going to like what I see. Um, Because you know you're overspending or you know there's things that you need to do that that might take a bit of effort, a bit of time, and perhaps something that you're um, not comfortable with. Maybe you're not comfortable ringing the bank. Maybe you're not comfortable engaging with a broker or a financial planner so i think having a good mindset getting yourself in the zone if you like with some good clear purpose and attacking attacking the challenges is probably the starting point point. and the second thing i'd do then is start to budget and really dissect everything that you're spending your money on because your income is pretty easy to work out right mm. and unfortunately at the moment if you've not got any Perhaps I might get a chance to talk about, you know, some of the hardship and Centrelink stuff later today, but it's your expenses. So I think, first of all, really being clear about your fixed, really being clear about your variable, being really clear about your non-negotiable expenses that you have to pay for. You have to feed your children. You have to feed yourself. You have to, um, you know, there's a range of fixed expenses that you have to pay for. You just have to. And, but then being really brutal about the variable, going through your bank statements and actually having whatever process works for you, this necessity, was it necessary, this necessity approach. I think what you can then do is start to work out if you are in such a difficult position that you need to um, really strip back your expenses. The objective is to try and get it back to as little as possible mm. for the moment. You know, so if you're out of work, it needs to be extreme. If you're in work, but you're just trying to save to put yourself in a better position or create more disposable income, you can do it as a as a as a nice to have rather than an essential. There's actually a range of um, apps um, that can help you with this now. So, you know, my old-fashioned do it on a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet is the old way of doing it. Um, but for the more modern digital area uh, era, the you know, if you looked at a, a, a website called Choice.com. And there's a website called Nerd Wallet, N E R D, Nerd Wallet. There's others. They'll just point you in the direction of giving you some ideas of how you can actually use digital apps, technology to help you budget, help you manage your money. Mm -hmm. And some of the ones that, uh, most of them are free uh, to download. Some that you actually pay a small fee for on a regular basis will link into your bank accounts. And they can do amazing things like, you know, they can allocate funds into different savings accounts each month. There's other ways when you use your card, it can and you pay for something, it can allocate a little bit extra, it can round it up by to the nearest ten dollars and put money in your savings. So there's a there's a range of really smart, efficient ways to to budget um, and um, and reduce your expenditure. Also your bank, you know, the, as I look at a few different bank websites this week, and um, there's lots of budgeting tools and advice that the banks have put on their websites too. That's the starting point um there's other things that you probably you know well let's explore some of those today like the big ones like your mortgage and credit cards and things like that that we'll get to I think
1: yeah absolutely we'll definitely dive into that next and I just want to say as well like I do think it is it's really challenging for people these days like we live like you mentioned before we live in this era of instant gratification we've got you know companies like zip pay afterpay credit cards you know like we can just anything we want we just tap like, we don't even, like, we just literally just tap. Like, how easy is it to spend money, right? And and I remember, like, when, when Kai and I started our first business, um, I we didn't have a lot of money to start our first business. I got let go from my job and quite abruptly, and we ended up having to get flatmates in to help us pay our mortgage. But, like, we looked at our expenses. We sat down and we were like, you know, we did we did it the old way. We got the spreadsheet up, and we're like, right, okay, we're spending $100 a week on going out for breakfast. Well, that's going to go. You know, we're spending X amount going out for dinner. Well, that's going to have to go. And it was really heartbreaking, but actually, it was a really eye opening thing. And for about six months, we didn't go out for breakfast, we didn't go out for dinner, but we just worked. We just got our heads down and we worked. And we, you know, then eventually, when we got the business to a point where we could start taking a salary, you know, the flatmates, um, some left our apartment. But I remember that time. I look back on that time in a really humble way because it did make me think that, you know, all these things that I taken for granted. That I could do, go out and do, I couldn't do anymore. So when I then went and did them, I was like, "Well, wow, this this is amazing." And and actually, th- those six months of my life, I do look back really fondly on because I'd never really had to think about money in that way before. But it was a really really good experience for me to go through. And goodness, if I can do it, like I think anyone can do it. And it, and it, you know, it was quite confronting. But yeah, having that budget, knowing what you're spending, and being Really aware and conscious of your spending as well I think that's a really really good message to send to people who are struggling right now but I just want people to hear that that you know everyone I think goes through something like this in their life and I'm here to say you can get out of it you know don't don't lose hope if you are struggling financially right now there's a way Mm -hmm. out and I think like you're saying about just getting clear on your spending be really strict with yourself but there is a light at the end of the tunnel I just want people to hear that so that's yeah, really great advice um so let's go into mortgaging things now as well so if you've got a uh you know I've got a mortgage and I mean the the home loans are dropping and dropping every every month I swear I can't keep up with it so yeah what sort of saving can people be making there on their homes
0: but it's been a crazy few years. Probably the last few years, as you know, as rates have continued to fall. I think the way I look at mortgages that you know, it's linked to your house. Your house is your biggest investment in your life, and it's the asset that you'll nurture and look after the most, or you should, um, after your partner, and, <laughs> um, and 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 the one that you'll um, hold on to for a very long period of time. You will really look after it. And my view on the mortgage is that the mortgage underpins the purchase of that asset. So the mortgage is the biggest loan and the, and the longest loan that you'll hold in your whole life. You really need to look after that too. And yet people often don't. People will take out the home loan and life's busy and people don't do anything with it. And the one thing that's for sure is often, not always, but often your lender won't engage with you to give you a better deal. So you've got to go and proactively make that happen. There's different ways that you can do that. I think the first thing is, when did you last review your mortgage? Have a think about that. And are you confident um, that you've got the right product with the right features for your circumstances? And are you getting the best interest rate? Some of the interest rates at the moment can can vary by 1% between what you might be paying at the moment and what's available to you, depending on a range of factors. So there's factors that are really important here, like your income situation, your employment situation, um, your debt situation, um, what's happened to your property value, your loan-to-value ratio. So in essence, you know the more equity you've got in your property and the more stable your employment is and the lower your household expenditure is, the better the deal you'll get. But that's probably never been any different, Georgie, for Mm -hmm. all the time that I've been in finance, right? Um, But what you can do is make sure that, first of all, you go back to your lender whether that's your bank. There's many lenders in the marketplace these days. It's not just the major four banks. Um, There's a lot new. A lot lot of new organizations entered the mortgage market in the last few years Um, because there's a lot of hot activity, and refinancing is is probably the the hot topic at the moment. So I think the first starting point is go back to your lender. Um, Have a conversation with them about, um, you know, have you got the best deal? Um, is there anything better that they can offer you? That's a good starting point. The second option, which is becoming more popular or more and more popular, um, is to engage with a finance broker or a, a mortgage broker. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say which one, but there's a, an abundance of choice. Simply, if you just Google, you know, who's the best mortgage broker in my suburb, you'll probably get a list to to choose from. Um, look at their Google reviews, see who's got five-star um Chances are, most people would know someone who's engaged with a broker. So if you just go around and ask friends and family, um, or people at work, have you used a broker? Um, chances are you'll 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 find a good broker. Okay, and 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 the difference between um, those guys and the banks is that they've got access to a range of lenders. Um, doesn't mean they'll guarantee to get you the best deal every time, but they they've got a different choice. So those are the two options. Third option is do it yourself. You know, I mean, if you if you feel like you've got time. Uh, and the energy to sit and look at comparison websites like ratecity um select.com and um, i select there's more there's there's plenty to choose from um, you can apply online and you know it, it's 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 a lot easier than it used to be mm-hmm. to do an online application um for some households with a typical mortgage of half a million dollars for example um you could switch your home loan to a different lender and save five, over $5000 a year yeah. Um, in interest costs, you know, and, and that's not insignificant. And that money could be put to good use in terms of um, paying down some short-term debt or putting more into super, taking out some more insurances that you couldn't afford before. There's a range of things to do. And um, I think some other advice that I would give on your mortgage, though, is that, you know, those scenarios that I've painted, Georgia are if you're in a, a, a healthy financial position in terms of stable income. And um, what if you're not? What if this year you're not working at the moment and the, you know, let's call it hardship or even extreme hardship. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and talk to your lender about what's available. They're very sympathetic this year. They've probably got um, uh, bigger ears than they've had for many, many years on listening to your situation and being empathetic and um, sympathetic to how they can help you. And there's things that can be done. They can put your mortgage repayments on hold for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to understand the consequences of that and the implications. But they're there to help. And my message is they're willing to help mm-hmm. as much as they ever have been before. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I would advise people to do um, is, you know, interest rates are low. Mm-hmm. Don't overcommit yourself. You know, the banks have still got mm-hmm. servicing criteria where they'll. You know, they'll not be looking at your ability to pay the loan based on 2%. They'll look at your ability to pay the loan on a higher rate. But what you can do, and one thing that um, I've seen many, many clients of mine over the years do, is pay more than the bank asks you for. Mm. So if your loan repayments are $1,000 a month or 1500 a month, and you can afford to pay an extra 200 or 300 a month, you could you could shave, literally shave years off your mortgage at the later stages in you know 20, 25, 30 years you might save several years repayments off your mortgage and that can add up and be quite a a large amount so probably a range of things that you can do but I think again it's back to being proactive and if you're not sure what you're doing um, engage with a a professional who does.
1: Yeah that's that's really really good advice and and we've actually just remortgaged as well and I think now we're we're, we're saving an extra like I think $200 a month or something which you know that's that's a couple of breakfasts, that's a nice dinner out you know, like, that's the way I look at it right, you know, yeah. okay well great I've got the extra money to spend on a nice yeah. experience every month You know, or invest it in stocks and shares and things like that, yeah. so let's talk about investments now as well, what's what's your take on investments because um, there's a lot of people I know saying that right now is the perfect time to be investing in, in more property and in investment property and in stocks and shares, What what's your take and your personal opinion on investing and, and you know, are there any you know good investments right now that people could be considering
0: uh, yeah I think um, two things spring to mind and, and they're very sort of deep deep- rooted sort of fundamental things that I was taught many years ago as a financial advisor in the UK is um, diversification not putting all your eggs in one basket having a range of different asset classes um, you know and and there's different things that you can invest your money in you can buy property you can buy shares you can put it under the bed stick it in the bank put it on the horses We've got a great casino down the Gold Coast. You know, there's a range of different ways to, um, you know, invest your money. Okay, um, diversifying what you do across a range of different experiences and, and putting your money in a different direction really does a, a, you know, a huge has a huge impact on on averaging out the risks in many ways of not being overexposed. So, you know, you, you could go out and buy Qantas shares if you want. You know, they're pretty low, but. If you put all your money in quanta shares, who knows what might happen? Might do great, might not. That's not advice, by the way, for any listeners that don't mm-hmm. go by, you know, go buy Qantas shares. So I think, you know, diversifying your investments across a range of opportunities is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing you said about um, timing, you know, timing for me has always been really poor advice. OK, and um, someone else said to me many years ago, it's the time in the market not timing the market. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody knows what the stock market or the property market or interest rates are going to do. Um, you can listen to many views. You can form your own opinion, and you can make predictions based on the past and based on evidence that you've got in front of you of what you think it might do. That's called investing, right? And mm-hmm. um, When you invest, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. There isn't anything that's a safe bet anymore, even red or black at the casino. It can go one way or the other. So I think, um, you know, being invested for a lengthier period of time has its benefits um, than trying to find quick wins to make a quick buck and maybe investing in a company that you think is going to, you know, double in value in the next 12 months to be immensely disappointed. Um, My best advice to any, any listener is get yourself a good financial advisor. Mm. you know this this is really hard to do it on your own it was easy for me i was in the banking and financial services game i've done quality and you and you you know what i was talking about i could do that myself and even i've made mistakes mm. even i've made mistakes over the years so i think get yourself a good advisor a good advisor will look at your situation holistically they'll take everything into account they'll look at your goals and objectives for the future They'll identify solutions that are aligned to help you achieve those goals, and they'll find some products that align with your views on risk, the level of risk that you're prepared to take with investing, um, and and if if they're good, they'll put some um, good solutions and recommendations in front of you and help you find the right products and investments that um, that are going to be right for you for the long term, not 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 the quick quick wins. Mm
1: again another really crucial piece of advice there think long term not short term i think that's what a lot of people do is they'll they'll see an opportunity and they'll pour probably more money than what they can afford into say into into a stock that they've heard is doing really well or into a new area that's apparently up and coming and and they make poor choices and poor investments and I think that you're so right about diversifying and that's something that me and Kyle have started to do this year which has been super powerful but I think that it's also having the long-term approach like I'm not investing in stocks and shares to think that I'm going to pull it out all next year and be a millionaire you know like I'm like that money is just sat there doing its thing in 20-30 years time it will be our retirement money right that's that's I've got a very long-term approach to investing but I think that a lot of people are doing it maybe because they want a quick win the quick buck and that's not the right approach when it comes to investing because as well I think we're all living longer now which is amazing Mm. I read a a stat the other day that so many people get to retirement and they can't support themselves. They have to rely on family, and and that's really, really sad. And that's why I did want to get you on today because this is happening more and more and more. And I think that it's what we do today. It's it's picking up the phone and, and calling your bank. It's, you know, if you are out of work, it's looking, like you said at the start, about opportunities. Where can I earn some money? Centrelink, you know, just unfortunately, a lot of people are going to have to sort of maybe address the ego and swallow the pride and just and, and and go and do these things because it's what you do today that matters and and let's touch upon that as well because you did say about that the the center centerlink center link piece at the beginning so if you are listening to this right now and you're like well I don't have a mortgage I don't have any money to invest you know I'm really really in this position right now what kind of things are out there for people that maybe would help them if they knew about it
0: Yeah, cool. I mean, look, Centrelink's a good place to start, right? Because um, there are entitlements and and it is about being humble. It isn't about worrying about, um, you know, letting your ego get in the way of something that you're entitled to. And, you know, if that was me, I'd be thinking about my family, not just me. Um, So, yes, it's me that's entitled to perhaps JobSeeker or maybe you're entitled now to family assistance that you weren't before. I think, and put your ego to one side and do your research. Now, the one thing's for sure is that nobody from Centrelink is going to track you down and ring you up and tell you about all the things that you're entitled to financially from Centrelink. That's not going to happen. What you've got to do is take some time to have a look through what often are quite difficult to navigate websites. I found in my experience, um, they don't make it easy. Sorry, Centrelink, but they don't make it easy. Um, And it can be quite complicated to work out what you're entitled to. Mm. My advice is if you're prepared to ring the 132 whatever it is number and wait for 45 minutes to an hour to get to speak to somebody Mm. and talk about your situation and talk about um, pragmatically what you're entitled to, um, I reckon they'd be pretty helpful to do that. Alternatively, you know, the queues around the block when COVID hit at Centrelink, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, you know, those queues aren't there anymore. So, Mm -hmm. you know, pop down to Centrelink, go and see a human being, have a conversation about your situation. um, And there's a probability that if you're not in work um, and you're looking for work, um, you'll be entitled to job seekers Mm -hmm. unless you've been made redundant, in which case you have to wait until that redundancy has been used before you're entitled to it. Um, chances are if your income's fallen significantly you might be entitled to some family assistance that you weren't entitled to before and your children will be entitled to things like dental assistance and things like that so I think do your research and invest the time don't ignore it um, thinking you're not eligible
1: mm, yeah and that's that's really a beautiful advice as well and You know, 2020, I could keep on saying it, it has been a tough year for a lot of people. But I think that the key message that I think I want everyone to hear from this podcast, and this incredible conversation with you is, you have to take action, you have to be productive, you know, these opportunities, these investments, these things aren't going to come to you, you know, you have to have your mindset right to take the right action to take the first step. So, Andrew, let's just tie up this podcast now. Like it's coming into 2021. Let's be honest, it's not going to maybe get any easier. We we, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, like we we don't know what's going to be coming our way in 2021. So what's, what's the key sort of things that the last piece of advice you can give to people to foolproof their finances as much as they can in 2021? You know, what could people be thinking about? What should people be doing to make sure that they do set themselves up for success financially in 2021 and beyond? Big question, I know.
0: (laughs) It's a very, very big question. I mean, look, you know, this is, it's it's positive, negative. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that, Georgie, is that, you know, to be better off financially, you either need the positivity of more income or the negativity of less expense. And I think, you know, focusing on you know, what sort of things can I do that would generate more income? And that's such an easy thing to say in a few words, such a hard thing to do in, in reality. Um, if you're not in work, keep believing. Keep trying, keep believing in yourself that you can find something that's going to work for you. Um, think about your skill set. Think about the things that you can do. Um, but there's always a way, right? So, I mean... Be humble. You know, a, a friend of mine who was um, at my previous employer when we all got made redundant 12 months ago, 18 months ago, um, he was quite a experienced leader of a, of a team. And um, he's now got two jobs. One of those is checking loan applications for one of the banks. And the other job is working in a retail men's fashion store. Very different jobs that he had before. Some might argue um, quite humble jobs to being in a leadership position, but I admire him incredibly for rolling his sleeves up. So, you know, one of my messages is to think outside the box and be prepared to roll your sleeves up. That's not going to do anyone any harm. But back to my point earlier around really um, attacking your finances, Mm -hmm. you know, really attacking them head on. And looking for as many ways to strip out expenditure that you can will really, you know, really, really make a difference. And as, as you said earlier, you know, it might be a bit painful and a bit uncomfortable. Um, it might involve some conversations with your children about why you're cancelling the Disney Channel. Um, but but these things are important. And actually, I think if you're in that situation, don't be afraid to do that. I think the resilience and the strength that you you will give Um, your children in this moment, if things are that tough, Mm. will be such valuable life lessons for them when they're older. You wouldn't wish this on anybody if they'd lost a job because of COVID, but you can use those life lessons, and your children might have dinner time conversations in many years to come to talk about how tough it was, Mm. but how much more they appreciate the value of money and the time that they went through when mum or dad might not have been working in 2020, 2021. I think the best thing you can do is just tune into some of the work that you do around the power of the mind mm. and not let what can be the worry of money drag down all the other good things that you're trying to do. Being in control of your finance is just part of the equation for me.
1: Beautiful. And I also just want to say this as well. I think it is having gratitude. That we do, if you're in Australia, if you're in the UK, if you are, you know, listening to this right now, let's be honest, you are in a very, you are in a stronger position than most of the population in the world. And I think that we can get so caught up in our own lives and our own worries and our own concerns. And sometimes what we just need to do is just take a bit of a step back and go, well, do you know what? I'm grateful that, you know, I live in this country that has all of these things in place to help me. You know, or I'm grateful that I've got that friend to call upon or I'm grateful that I can tune in, listen to a podcast like this. It's going to help me. I'm grateful that I've got a phone so I can make a few phone calls. And I love what you said as well about pulling up your sleeve and taking action. But I think as well, it's coming from a place of appreciation as well. I think that's that's really, really important thing. It's really so easy to get that sort of victim mentality of you know why is this happening to me and it's like try and take a step back and see the bigger picture and know that you if you're listening to this right now you are in a stronger position financially than most of the the rest of the world who don't even have running water you know like there's always something to be grateful for so i think that's that's really Uh, important as well yeah but i have loved speaking to you today it's been absolutely incredible so much value there for everybody who is prepared to take action and look after their finances in 2021 and uh, and hopefully look that the economy prospers hopefully you know yeah. everyone is going back to work and it's amazing but you know there's always things that you can be doing to looking after your financial well-being and i think that you have given some incredible advice today so andrew thank you so much now if people want to reach out to you to get your advice tips or tricks and you know any coaching, where should they go to, to contact you?
0: Well that's a good good question. Um well I'm on LinkedIn mm-hmm. so anyone who's on LinkedIn can find me and connect with me, send me a message. Um apart from that, my advice is don't reach out to me and um, find yourself a good financial advisor, find yourself a good broker, find you someone who you can, you know, work with who's close and you can trust and build a relationship with. Um, that would be my advice, To reach out to
1: me. Oh, well, you're such a humble, beautiful man. And it's been an absolute honour. So thank you so much. And I know my listeners would have got a lot out of that. So, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me on. <laughs>